Welcome to the next level. It's this game where this is Chris and over there is me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. Hope you're okay. Hope you're okay, Ashley. Hope. Yeah. For fools. Here's a funny thing to say, isn't it? As I've said that, I felt a bit self-conscious. I hope you're okay. I trust you're okay. I I trust you are well. You shouldn't. I shouldn't trust. Well, I just don't think... Is it... The more, if we start talking about this, we're going to end up talking about it the whole podcast. But I yeah, do right, actually right, wonder right. whether, you know, hoping people are okay at the beginning of the podcast or trusting that they're okay, maybe you should just drop it because it's it's contentious and troublesome. Contentious. Yeah. Uh, all right then. Potentially. Oh. All Potentially. Right. Can I say I, I wish you well? Yeah, that maybe works better because then glad tidings. You're not reminding everybody of things not being so good. Oh, all right. Hmm. Okay. Do you know, I've been trying to think of a way to get you to drop that for, for what is it, like a hundred episodes, and I think <laughs> I found it. Yeah. I think I found the way. I'm making me reflect Not to be on. cynical about it or anything. Okay. Have you had a good week? Yes. Um, have I had have I had a good week? I Oh, I can't really remember it, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. This Have is, I? This is good chat. I've played a lot of. Have you had a good week? This week I've played a lot of vampires. Well, actually, yeah. So Hannah and I have been playing it together, and it's the first time Hannah's played. She's just taken us to victory. The the whole enchilada, pretty much anyway. Right. We finished. We're done. Well, I've only got seven things left on the secrets menu and two things left on the unlocks menu, so I'm not far off. Uh, Unless a whole load of extra stuff unlocks, which is... I don't know. How many have you got? I've got 140 out of 147 secrets. and Yeah, you see, I can't remember how many you have before, because I got the DLC Uh, both packs, so I don't know how many that adds. So actually, I don't know how close you are. But it does add things as, as they become, like, unlockable. It does, that number goes up. And they also release extra content for free because some of the stuff I'm playing has released since the game initially came out as well. So there's that to factor into. So not a clue how how close you are. Well, What's the last thing that you've been doing? Uh, Today, I've played it quite a lot today, actually. Uh, Today, I did a couple of characters, a couple of the the weaker characters up to level 80. That was fun. Um, Okay, who? uh, The panda... And the guy that fires out minecarts. I think he might be not a panda. I think he's like some kind of honey badger. All right. Splitting hairs. He's too. Uh, he's not rounded. What do you mean splitting hairs? Same in it. Sp- he's either a panda or a honey badger. Basically the same. Well, they're both mammals. Right. And I then did. Um, I've, I've. I did yesterday. I did the extra levels, like the tiny bridge. Got got to that. Yep. So yep. Good times. Great. So that's that's great been me. times. That's been yeah. Me actually, gaming. me and Hannah have done some of that. I could say so. We've had similar weeks. That that definitely makes them very similar. Oh, nice. Mm. Right. Well, I'm going to talk about. What are we game. doing this week? Yeah, I'm not going to talk about Vampire Survivors this week. I'm going to talk about. That's a shame. This game where you play as a diminutive scientist who is battling against his sister. In the palm of your hand. It's uh, Dexter's Laboratory, presumably on the Game Boy Colour. 
thought it was so close. It is Dexter's Laboratory Disaster Strikes on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, and this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think you had a Game Boy Advance. Well, I didn't, but my little brother did. Oh, right. My, my little brother, who never really liked games and still doesn't really like games, for some reason had a Game Boy Advance. And I, while I was doing my research for this, I was racking my brains as to why he got one. He had one of the Harry Potter games, I think the first one. And he didn't play it very much and gave up on it. And he had this. And I, I was trying to work out if he got bought it and why that was, whether he bought it himself with some pocket money or from newspaper round or something i really don't know so it's it's a game that was in the house that my brother had that doesn't like games and he had this either we've talked about this before or this has happened with a different console with your brother where where they've bought themselves or had it and because you text him to be like what what happened to that or why did you have that and he was like i don't know that was um, when I was asking him about Harry Potter because I, I was th- I was thinking, well, what, what, you must have had more games than just Harry Potter, and you know what what happened to it, and he he couldn't remember. He definitely had Harry Potter. He had this, and he couldn't remember any of the games he had either. He didn't remember why he got it, how he got it. Um, he didn't remember what happened to the Game Boy Advance. I suspect it was probably just in the bin at some point. So yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Right. Sicko. Sicko. Pervert. Yeah. Mm, too far, too it's, far. It's a really, from what I remember, it's a really, really good game. I I picked it up because he had dropped it, and I got quite, quite hooked on this game, so I'm quite looking forward to revisiting it today. There are 70 levels in this game as well, so pretty massive. It's an isometric action-adventure platformer, single-player only, and it released late 2001 in Europe and North America only. Right, ho What makes it good? I found the gameplay just quite um simplistic but quite fun so your your dexter wander around the, 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 the plot of the game is that dd who is dexter's antagonistic somewhat antagonistic sister uses dexter's clone machine and i'll i'll talk about dexter Lab, the tv show in a bit uses dexter's clone machine which is called the clone amatic which is i thought was a very wallace and gromit type name to create dozens of clones and dexter has to catch them all as they run amok in his lab and the gameplay is it's an, it's an isometric single player action adventure type game and you're wandering around the lab picking up different pieces of equipment that you can then equip in order to traverse across different areas in a gameplay style that is not dissimilar, from what I remember, not dissimilar to kind of like a, a handheld Zelda in terms of getting an item, okay. and that item lets you get to this area, you explore that area. Now you've got this item from that area, that lets, lets you get to the next area. All right. And that the, doesn't sound bad. No. And the screenshots I saw online that kind of corroborated that, there's an icon in the top right corner that I can remember scrolling through the different options, so his, his, his hand's an option and then there might be like a like a claw do you those little claws that people had that stretched out about five or six inches with a little grabbing hand on the end that kind of thing. Yeah, that was a Nintendo product. Was it? Oh. Yeah, it was called, I think it was called the Super Hand The Super Hand, like the old No, hand. I no, it was, ultra, it was Ultra Hand. Mm. It is Ultra Hand. It was called the Ultra Hand, and that's why in Tears of the Kingdom that power is called Ultra Hand. It is indeed, yeah. Yeah, did you already know that? Am I telling you what you already knew? Yeah, well, my daughter's got big into those videos on YouTube of, of uh, things you didn't know about Tears of the Kingdom, and we've, we've watched a lot of them. And apparently the Ascend ability was a 
I don't know how true this is, the ascendability was a dev tool that they decided to leave in because the testers and people playing the game in Nintendo found it so so enjoyable that they decided to keep it in as power. That's good. I yeah. don't know that, that. I wonder if how many times that has happened. Uh, the game itself, Disaster Strikes, is developed was developed by Virtue Craft, who were a Bolton-based development company from 1999-2003. They made lots and lots of games for the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, mostly based on Cartoon Network, for example, Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, also Wild Thornbridge, which I know is a Nickelodeon property, don't at us. Um, and the unit, because they folded 20 years ago, the, the unit is now an architect's. Just a, just a oh, fun, right, I see. Just okay. a, a yep. fun fact for you. I got confused there. Thank you. That's so, a lovely fact. Thank I you so, so much. And the publisher is BAM Entertainment, B-A-M exclamation mark, BAM. And they publish lots of Cartoon Network titles, including an awful lot of Powerpuff Girls uh, titles. I did not know there were so many Powerpuff Girls games. There are literally tens. Probably not even tens. There are a lot. BAM Entertainment. Did they specialize in any particular platform or did they go across all platforms it just seemed to be on their wikipedia page when i scrolled down it was just like it was like powerpuff girls samurai jack da, da, da. it was it was just title after title that was i remember that i remember that nice yeah so um i don't know if you remember this but we talked about denki blocks mm-hmm. um several several episodes ago now um Denki, the the company behind Denki Blocks, that was a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, And Denki made, uh, they had a contract to make a lot of different uh, games based on Cartoon Network um, franchises. I I don't know if there is any overlap here, but um, they definitely worked on uh, like Looney Tunes type stuff. And uh, they did at least one Dexter's Laboratory game, but... The catch is that it was for something called Sky GameStar, ah. which is Sky's te- television platform, television gaming platform, if you remember that. It was like very I, early I do. I remember uh, us days. having a, a lovely chat about it back in the Dengue Blocks episode. And if that's tickled you on Nostalgia Pickles, then obviously go back and listen to that episode because we had a great time talking about that. So the, the game with the bees and the uh, game yes, where the cat weed, weed on the flowers, Acid Piss Kitty, as me and my brother used to call it. Good time. Acid Piss Kitty. Oh, no. We did use to call it that. Yeah. They made, Denki made lots of them. Like, uh, there was the uh, Ed, Ed and Eddie as well, and Scooby Doo and Looney Tunes, and um, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and SpongeBob SquarePants, which was Nickelodeon, obviously, but, you know, I, I'm not au fait with, with what is and isn't Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon uh, for the most part. I'm sorry. Those are good titles, um, though. Well, good properties, let's yeah. say. Good franchises. Any overlap? Any overlap at all? Or is it, are they very separate? Or do I, I guess I, you, po- you probably don't know because I'm, I'm side swiping you. I suspect they're separate, but what what I notice is that, as I said, there are or were a lot of titles based on Cartoon Network games. So it would not surprise me to have multiple studios working on Cartoon Network games at the same time within yeah. this time period, kind of late no- late nineties to early ish noughties. Do you get that now? I know, obviously, Adventure Time has got its own fair share of of games but there isn't like a an apple and onion game or (laughs) yeah do you know apple and onion yeah i do know apple and onion yeah yeah um i don't do you like apple and onion yeah it's quite funny it's got rich Uh, doing his yeah doing his thing that's what i kind of gravitated towards but then i watched a couple of episodes and was a bit disappointed so i stopped 
But a, maybe it's better than than I gave it credit for. I don't there's know. A, there's a very good one my daughter watches called Total Drama Armor that's that's got the same sort of style and sense of humor as all those Cartoon Network titles. It's very very funny. Uh, and okay. there's also um, there's a really good one she watched on Disney Plus called Big City Greens. Um, that's got a, a brilliant, um, absurdist sense of humor as well. I really, really enjoy that. Okay. Yeah, re- two, two recommended ones there. But in terms of games based on those, she does play on the various like Disney websites. DC Superhero Girls, she was playing yeah, that, I know. Yeah, true. Um, there, there are games based on these on various Disney and CBBC websites. So um, it's more kind of Flash-based right, okay. stuff now, I nowadays i think no it won't be flash based because flash is dead well you know what we I mean. talked about that three you know, years ago you know what i mean we did a whole episode on how it was dying wow obviously memorable so dexter's well, lab it is memorable there's lots of memorable uh, flash stuff if you don't want to get onto a onto a flash based sideline uh through this episode we should probably just put it to bed i, I think we should because there's so much to say about it so much so Dexter's Lab initially aired April 1996 until November 2003. I absolutely mother-flipping loved Dexter's Lab. Dexter's Laboratory was part of the Cartoon Cartoons stable of of uh, of releases, and I just generally really loved Cartoon Cartoons. The best ones were the ones that didn't end up getting series a lot of the time, just because they're such unique little capsules of fun. Well, an anecdote I found linked to Dexter's Lab um, was that the pilot for it initially aired in February 1995 as part of a Cartoon Network um, series called World Premiere Tunes, where they aired pilots mm. and people voted for which one they like by phoning up, which sounds so, so alien yeah. now. And Dexter's Lab was out of the 16 that were aired, Dexter's Lab was the one that came first by a considerable margin and was then turned into a TV series based on that. So that was kind of cool. Also, in... In the well, cartoon, cartoon cartoons um, were the Cartoon Network original cartoons, and there may be others, but the ones that I thought of, I think of when I think of that, are Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Courage the Cowardly Dog, which I liked some of those more than others. I never really gelled particularly with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie, but they all had that really lovely, gorgeous style of animation, and the knockabout fun sense of humor um it might irreverence irreverence powerpuff girls you didn't say powerpuff girls i i I think i did say powerpuff girls it's on my notes say powerpuff girls but johnny bravo and interest so interestingly samurai jack was that one was that um, a cartoon cartoon at any point potentially well well, samurai jack was that the creator of dexter's lab was jendy tartakovsky who created dexter's lab oversaw the initial run of episodes he then left and stopped producing dexter's lab the sort of two last couple of series i think were produced by a different team he went on to have a hand in powerpuff girls which i also absolutely unashamedly loved um i was kind of you know going through dexter's lab i was 13 14 i was arguably too old for Dexter's Lab but I didn't really care went into Powerpuff Girls I went to see the Powerpuff Girls movie at the age of like 16 um you know no no regrets and then Samurai Jack was absolutely incredible absolutely loved Samurai Jack because that was a bit more Mm. more more serious a bit more grown up so there is that through line from Dexter's Lab through to Samurai Jack with him Jen Tarkovsky has gone on to do other stuff he's responsible for um the Hotel Transylvania films which um you know there you go but uh, um seth mcfarlane who went on to create family guy 
wrote mm. wrote for Dexter's Lab. He also wrote for Johnny Bravo. And some of the earlier episodes of Johnny Bravo in the first series that he wrote for, you can see the family guy sense of humor coming through. I mean, there's, there's a whole other yeah. episode of Johnny Bravo where he meets Adam West and it is Adam West as as he's portrayed in Family Guy, voiced by Adam West, that same the the the, the same character essentially. Um and there's another really good episode where he um he thinks the whole world is frozen, like basically everyone's paused, and it's 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 this sort of series of sequence of things that happen, and there's like there's oh I can't even explain it, but it's it's hilarious and yeah. Ace. Ace, there you go. But Dexter's Lab, what what did you watch Dexter's Lab much? Oh yeah, I watched I watched all of these. These were like I, I'm a couple of years behind you. You said thirteen or fourteen, but I think these were around sort of late well, early to late nineties, so I would have been like nine or ten. Yeah, you're right actually. Yeah. If it aired ninety six to no two thousand three, I'd have probably been watching about ninety eight, so I'd have or ninety seven. Yeah. So I'd have been eleven or twelve. Yeah, you're right actually. Ninety seven would have been prime, I think, cartoon cartoon uh time from uh, and and i i certainly know it was the first time that we got like non-terrestrial television because it was mm. diamond cable if you remember diamond cable they they rolled out they they're now virgin media so they they started off as diamond cable then they became ntl and then they be, they were bought out by virgin and became virgin media um but it was diamond cable they were the ones that put in all of your fiber optics in the uk um that that is the main fiber optic platform at the moment Diamond Cable rolled out in Grimsby at the same time as we moved to Grimsby, and it was much more affordable than Sky, and we got it. There you go. And it was a it was a beautiful time. (laughs) It was that summer was wonderful, so so good, and a lot of it was spent watching cartoons on Cartoon Network or Keenan and Kel or Sabrina the Teenage Witch or. you know, Clarissa explains it all, or Alex Mack on Nickelodeon. It was ah, just the best time for kids' television. And again, a great set of shows there. Good Burger Two is coming out. Is it next month on Paramount? Is it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Right, okay, cool. Yeah, well, De- similar. Yeah, sort I mean, Keenan Cal was was brilliant. Dexter's Lab was I, as you said, was on Cartoon Network, which was on Sky. So I couldn't watch it at home because we didn't have Sky. So on a Monday. Uh, my maternal grandparents would pick me up from school and on a Wednesday my paternal grandparents would pick me up from school they both had Sky so I would watch Dexter's Lab on a Monday and a Wednesday afternoon evening going back home and I had friends that also had it as well I had one friend who um, would tape Dexter's Lab and I remember going to hers and sort of had she had this tape that had like three hours of Dexter's Lab and just sitting and watching that with her and so it, but it wasn't something I had easy access to but when I did have access mm. to it, I absolutely loved it. And I've I've jotted down like some of my favourite episodes, which I don't know if they sound will sound familiar to you or not, maybe to people listening. There's the Dodgeball episode, which was one that was seemed to be on a lot, where he was trying to get out of playing Dodgeball and he was yeah. forced to play it. Do you remember the Omelette du Fromage episode? Omelette du Fromage, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that that is part of the cultural um zeitgeist the the culture well i was gonna say zeitgeist but it's more because zeitgeist is present but yeah it's the 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 imprint of our of our cultural shared experiences in the 90s includes very firmly omelette du fromage for most people i would expect such a genius idea for an episode yeah Uh, it's, Mm. it's great um, there's there's one where Dexter and Dee 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 Dee's his um, older sister who well the, yeah. the, the, the plot of the show for him was not 
who's still listening and doesn't know what Dexter's Lab is, it's a cartoon where Dexter is a boy about sort of 10 or so, maybe a little bit younger, has a secret lab hidden behind a bookshelf in his bedroom. Um, his parents are unaware that this massive lab is part of their home. Uh, therein lies some of the humour. And he invents things to help with different schemes in different episodes. His sister, Dee Dee, is a little bit older than him. She knows about the lab and enjoys mucking about in it and also not uh, sort of threatening him with spilling the beans on the fact it's there. But there was an episode where Dexter and Dee Dee wound each other up too much and, and the dad um, made them switch rooms. It was called the old switcheroo. And the episode did this close by his mouth and his hands going, the old switcheroo. So Dexter had to go and spend two hours or whatever it was in Dee Dee's room. And Dee Dee had to go and spend two hours in Dexter's room where obviously she just went into his lab. And the episode was about him trying to get into his room to stop her. But dad was there watching and trying to stop him. Ah, good times. Mm. And then Mandark, his arch nemesis, remember him? Yeah, he was um, a tall boy with a bowl cut. Yeah, I remembered. He was in love with Dee Dee. Yes, I can remember his voice. I can't do his voice, so I, you're going to have to, you know, trust me. But I, I, don't, I definitely remember his voice. I can't remember his voice, so that's uh, mm. kudos to you. The whole, the whole show had 99 episodes in total, and Dexter was voiced by Christine Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh possibly, who also voiced Chucky in Rugrats and Babe. Mm. Yeah. So that's cool. I didn't know that. I think, yeah, she was she was everywhere in the uh, late 90s. Yeah. I remember watching, a, it was a behind-the-scenes thing of, of Babe when, when it was all 95 and it was everywhere, and the fact that it was a this that she did the voice, I thought it was absolutely incredible, like mind blown. A bit like when you find out that Bart's voiced by a, a woman as well, like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, the game itself, though, has a Metacritic score of 65. How Long to Beat has it as around six hours. Uh, the development team is just 13 people. Generally, we seem to like it when it's a smaller team. As I said, though, the game is very loyal to the TV show Roots. I remember it being really fun. I'm quite excited about playing it to see if it holds up. Yep, me too. Um, we haven't really talked too much about the game. We've talked a lot about uh, the the show, which is fine because the show's great. And... I suspected that was what was going to happen, though, because the game is fairly simplistic from what I remember. It's more about my memories with the show. That's that's where I spent more of my time linked to Texas Lab with the actual show itself. Yeah, I'm, I've got a list here. <clears throat> Sorry, I know we need to go and play it, that's so right. I won't... I won't dig into this too much but i've got a list here of a bunch of the um the shows that were on car uh, presented as cartoon cartoons i don't know uh, cartoon cartoons had this weird thing for me a feeling not illicit but sort of uh <laughs> na- naughty because i mean they had they had a, a certain 90s children well i was gonna say children's cartoon but cartoon irreverence you know like the the ren and stimpy uh stuff and the Rocco's Modern Life uh, stuff, they would sit very comfortably within the um, the stable uh, of cartoon cartoons if they were uh, if they were put together. Um, so I, but I also, would say, I would they, say Ren and Stippy and, and Rocco's Modern Life, they, the, the art style, to me, cartoon cartoons have a, a very clean, simple art style and, and, and a, a, ca- a certain cachet that comes with that. Rocco and Ren and Stimpy were a bit more scrappy and they they are therefore linked in my mind uh, more with Nickelodeon. 
Absolutely. All I referred to there was the irreverence uh, oh, yeah. of them and, and the fact that that was a, a thing in the 90s uh, in, in animation circles. Um, that That's what I was referring to there. But um, the, the other, the, mo- the more pertinent thing, the thing that I was sort of winding up to say was that they were often, cartoon cartoons were often, um, they were put on at the close of the of, of Cartoon Network. So that channels, weirdly, uh, for, for anyone that's younger than us, channels used to stop doing things at certain times. And for Cartoon Network, uh, the closing point was nine o'clock a lot of, uh, a lot for, for most of the 90s. So at 9 p.m. it would be taken over by Turner Classic Movies, which in, its, in and of itself was a good channel. Um, but also on a Friday, so this is a story, um, on a Friday, Turner Classic Movies would show WCW, which is World Championship Wrestling. And I don't know, I think I must have told you, but um, my my mum hated me watching wrestling for one reason or another. Don't know why. Um, and she would sometimes sleep, like fall asleep on the sofa. I would always keep my fingers crossed that she'd fall asleep on a Friday. She'd fall asleep on the sofa before nine o'clock hit. And I'd be <laughs> able to turn it over to wrestling. But that's a slight aside. Um because they, it was always cartoon cartoons would uh, would play out at sort of eight till nine o'clock, and then later, sort of in the in the early noughties, they when the channel became a twenty four hour channel, they would show cartoon cartoons at midnight onwards. So if you were up later, um, you would often end up watching cartoon cartoons. So uh, yeah, uh, there's this little part of of cartoon cartoons that feels somewhat. Naughty. They were probably me. also aiming at that sort of older, older teenage audience, well, that were probably be watching at that time. Did you ever Maybe. watch um, Space Ghost? Well, that's Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really. I always wanted to, and then always kept missing it. So because that was that was a very, I I never watched it either. I'm aware of it because there's a an album. Is it Danger Doom, the album that Danger Mouse and MF Doom did together that has Space Ghosts and it also has Aqua Teen Hunger Force voices pop, which are Adult it. Swim, which yeah, exactly, but Adult Swim that kind of which has led now to Rick and Morty, like mm. Space Ghost. To my recollection, I may be wrong with this. It seemed to be an, a cartoon, cartoon style aimed at adults, and that seemed quite an unusual, irreverent. Thing in in and of itself, and the fact, as I said, that these uh, this M- MF Doom Danger Mouse, the fact they then did a, a collaboration album that had these voices, these characters pop up on it as well, is also testament to to how to its standing. But actually, yeah, just put a pin in that the the hip hop uh, cartoonness. I've got an amazing anecdote to tell you in the second half, linked to Texas Lab as well. Okay, all I'll say then is I feel like. Adult Swim and Space Ghost in particular, but other things that came out of it, they kind of feel like a continuation of where of where cartoon cartoons started things. I, I and I say that, but actually, what I've just uh, found in googling Space Ghost is that Space Ghost originally ran from nineteen ninety four to nineteen ninety nine, and then was picked up again as part of Adult Swim in two thousand and one. So, interestingly, Space Ghost predates uh, cartoon mm. cartoons and Dexter's Laboratory. So. In, just interesting, just interesting. Let's go play. Let's go play.
So what was there in Dexter's laboratory today, Ashley? Uh, what? That's more confusing than your normal intros. That sounds like you're sort of doing some kind of play days. It, it didn't uh, say, yeah. Yeah, like Blue's Clues or mm. Bear in a Blig Blue House. A Blig Blue House. Well, each each episode, there's like a different area of the, the lab to explore. And um, I was going to start by seeing the theme tune, but I thought you hate when I do that. So I decided to go for that instead. What was behind the door in Death's Laboratory today was was a Game Boy Advance game. Books. Oh, well, yeah. Bugs. Also bugs. Mm. Do, do you want to talk about the bugs then? Yeah. I mean, I I didn't I didn't get to play too much of it because my um my game bugged out and then when I came back into it my controller wouldn't work. So I ended up banging out quite early, but um I, I got the gist of what the game is. It is it's go and find DD a hundred times, catch DD a hundred <laughs> times. Avoid the obstacles and solve some sort of uh, space-based puzzles. Like move over here and press this button, and then go through the gate that was closed to get to another button, and press that one, and then go to a different gate, and so on. Um, my feeling on it is, it feels like a Game Boy Advance game, which is no bad thing. It has no right to look as good as it does. Yeah, it did look good. It did look really yep. good. And actually, sound-wise, although the the music was quite compressed, it did kind of sound pretty good too. It was a really nice. But that's the Game Boy Advance all over. It's, it's uh, punching above its weight all the time. The intro cutscene I thought was lovely, and that was a really nice rendering of the. <clears throat> that was a really nice version of the intro music as well over the top of that. A little, like, it's a little bit compressed, but it was still very, very recognisable as as the Dexter's Lab theme tune. Yeah. Yeah, I um I, I was really impressed with it. I thought it was it was as you said, it's a Game Boy Advance game. I like how the, the word I used in the first half was simplistic. It was very simplistic. It was that that Zelda style puzzling and it was just ramped up. At times a bit frustratingly so, because the area I got to, the whole almost like fetch quests, right, you've got to this area, you need to get the red card to get to the next area. Okay, finds where the red card is, use the red card to get into the next area. You're going through mm. here. Okay, you've got you've now found a green card, and then your brain goes, Oh yeah, I saw where to use that. That was way back three screens ago. So you backtrack three screens to use the green card. You use the green card, you can press a button that then turns off a force field um two screens from there. So you go two screens ahead and then you can get through to where the blue card is. Oh yeah, the blue card, I can use that for and so on. It it got quite I mean, I mean, it's it's no different to lots of other games. Zelda's the one I've mentioned a few times. It, it was just, I don't know why it felt, maybe it's just because that, that was the game. Like, Zelda has that, but other things going on top of it as well. I'm thinking, when I say Zelda, I'm thinking Link's Awakening. I think because that was the main thrust of the game, really. I, I was pretty much ignoring getting DDs. I was just trying to f- open up as much of the lap as possible by doing all these little quests. And it got a little bit tiresome. But... I'm still, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's somewhat throwaway. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit hampered because I can't, I can't say too much because of what happened. Um, but I, I do feel the time that I did spend with it, however limited kind of gave me the impression that it, it wouldn't even, even when, I was playing Game Boy Advance games. It's the kind of game that I wouldn't have uh, 
I wouldn't have spent too much time with. No, that's fair. I would have it, been. I think I would have been disappointed then, to be honest. It did have its quirks, like things like the the lab. So the game is structured around a, a hub world. So you got the hub, the main lab, and then from that you got different labs, and you have to earn a certain number of DDs in order to get the different labs. So there was one lab that had a a plant symbol, so like a botany area, I guess. One had a, a classic. Um, beaker so a chemistry area and the, the first level of the game the first area was a flight themed area so you're going through that and that split into several um, smaller areas each of those split into several smaller screens now between those areas they're they're indicated to the player that you're going to a different main area by these huge double doors but when you go from one set of double doors to another any items you've got are lost because they're linked into that area and that set of screens and yeah figuring that out was like oh okay i own sun now but then it's also like you kind of lose a bit of that exploration because like you've got an item you want to use it somewhere else and then suddenly you can't um that felt a bit yeah a bit cheap almost and there are also things like there was a um there was a, a warp in about the third area i got to of these third area of these sets of screens there was a warp that took you back to the the main hub world which for traversal and ease of understanding and um uh passing of the game not passing if the ease of accessibility of the game is great so i can get back to the hub world but i stepped in accidentally and then i went back to the hub world i've then got to go through probably like eight nine ten screens to get back to where i was in the first place and that was mm. irritating but that was something that you know you've done it once you understand what to do okay i don't do it again yeah but going back to your point about being throwaway I agree it is quite throwaway, but I think for what it is, it is really good quality. Though we talked about the, the graphics, the music. I thought it was really nippy. Like Dexter was really fun to control. It was it was very fluid. And the, the control's really simple. You just got your, your punch, jump, um, equip item, and then use item, which I guess would be linked to the Game Boy Advance's controls itself. I like how, even though it was quite convoluted in what you had to do, at all points it was very simple. Go here, do that, move on to the next area. Yeah, I think it was. I think sixty-five. The Metacritic review sixty-five. I think I probably agree with that. Um, maybe a little bit higher in my opinion, but um, yeah, I think for what it is, it's, it's good. Really? Yeah, I yeah, I, I I think as I said, I think there's quality in some of the stuff that is here, um, but in terms of the gameplay, I think the the, the gameplay loops aren't aren't they aren't quality. They're they're quite. Uh, they're, they're what make this throwaway and they are a little bit um, mind-numbing. Yeah, me. that's the that's, main that's thing the problem. that sticks in my craw is that what the gameplay is and that traversal of the, between those areas, that's the thing that gets quite tedious and repetitive and ultimately quite yeah. empty as well. Yeah, and that would bring it really... That would bring it down quite considerably for mm -hmm. me and in terms of if you were going to try and put a score on it or whatever but as an experience it you know games games at a certain point rode very hard on the being being cutting edge in terms of graphics that they could offer or um i mean largely that actually there was a period of time where games that looked the best were the ones that everybody wanted yeah but i think we've moved away from that quite quite a lot in recent years and that shows when you go back to something like this this obviously on a on a on a handheld screen this would have looked lovely but um it, when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty when when it actually gives you what it 
has to offer in terms of the game, that doesn't hold up enough. Uh, that's not solid enough. And and it, it kind of reminds me of those sorts of games that were developed for, you know, like, well, they're just for children. So yeah. it doesn't really matter what we do. Um, there was one recently, I think, you had an experience buying from a, a very um, small boutique place in Norwich, didn't you? Uh, the My Little Pony game, yeah. Yeah, the My Little Pony, the My Little Pony game, which was actually quite strongly, there was quite a big backlash against it because it was so poorly made, and there was this, there was this distinct sense that the developers had just gone, well, kids won't care, or you know, it's just for kids, so we don't have to try. And gameplay wise, certainly here, I kind of get that feeling. Oh, I think there's more to it, more more to it than that. I think it's just it's. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot more going on. Well, the the fact the the game's got seventy levels. I'm not really sure what quantifies as a level and what doesn't. I suspect a level is that set of three or four linked areas, in mm. which in which case the flight level, the flight area, flight section I was doing was made made up of four levels. Um, I, I don't really know, but that makes me think that there is more to it. I I certainly spent a lot of hours, a lot. More than one and a half, which is what the My Little Pony game took my daughter to, to complete. Yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Maybe I've thrown you, sent you down the wrong path with that uh, comparison because there was a degree of like duration just wasn't there for, yeah, for yeah, My yeah. Little Pony. But I, I think that there's a, a bloatedness to games in in the well, the probably the eighties, the nineties, the noughties. Games that didn't have much to deliver didn't then. Uh, limit the amount that they gave they went for quantity over quality so you did end up with games that were selling themselves as oh 100 stages or or levels or whatever and actually what you ended up with was 100 stages that rehashed the same thing over and over again or remixed the same not even remixing because that would suggest uh, more more thought went into it than a lot of of, of the time actually did um so so yeah, I, I can't speak for this game because I didn't get far enough in, but I don't necessarily think having 70 stages speaks well of it in the way that you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think maybe there's... It, it depends on how they've executed that. And yes. I don't think either of us can ans- answer the question on how they've executed. Well, one thing that the Game Boy Advance did provide for Dexter's Lab was something that you discovered I wasn't aware of. Oh, you mean the video cards? Yeah, revelation. Yeah, so Game Boy Advance, um, <laughs> there was an attempt to try and create uh, like a video format for the Game Boy Advance. And in fact, when I say an attempt, it was actually quite, uh, it, it was quite extensive. It, it ran to, I mean, it only had three films come out of it. Um, so it wasn't major, but. Uh, they put Shrek and Shrek 2 and Shark Tale on the Game Boy Advance. And then uh, alongside that, they had uh, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon um, programs put out on on the Game Boy Advance video format as well. So what you would get for your money um, was a series of maybe four, I think it was four episodes of, of different cartoons. And Dexter's Laboratory were, was one of the cartoons that, featured on on those cards alongside things like johnny bravo and i am weasel and 
the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy um, and C- Courage the Cowardly Dog and so All that jazz. Um, all, all, all the cartoony, networky uh, stuff. Cartoony, networky? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, cartoony, networky. So, it's a weird one. Yeah, I don't think it released here, so I'm not surprised you, you didn't uh, know about it. Okay, fair um, enough. But yeah, it, they were available quite uh, widely across the USA. You said it was it twenty dollars for a film. Is that right? One of the three films would cost you twenty dollars, and okay. the um, the packs with the cartoons on for forty five minutes or so of, of cartoons, it would cost you ten dollars, just under ten dollars. So about five quid at okay. the time. I just, I just didn't know that the Game Boy Advance was being touted as a as a, a media unit uh, as well as just games. The fact that films were being ported to it, something that's incredible. I think it was more like, how do we keep the kids occupied in the back of the car sort of uh, thinking. Fair. So everything that was put out on it was very child orientated. And if you could stick your kid in front of 45 minutes of cartoons while you drive to Nana's, then that might do the trick in in that moment. Amen to that. Well, the, the Dexter's Lab, in terms of Dexter's Lab, other games that he appeared in, uh, there was... in. 2000 Robot Rampage was on the Game Boy Color, so slightly before this one. 2002, there was a game called Chess Challenge, which also came out on the Game Boy Advance, which was Battle Chess. I don't even know what that is. No, I don't. So, there you go. And in 2002, there was also, on the PlayStation 2, a game called Mandark's Lab. So, Mandark was Dexter's rival. Mandark's Laboratory, which is a 3D cel-shaded action game. Um, the characters, settings, and inventions from Dexter's Lab also have popped up in subsequent games, but it's just those four games that star him. He's appeared in, unsurprisingly, a Cartoon Network racing game from 2006 called Cartoon Network Racing. And in 2011, there's a game I'd never heard of before, Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion, which essentially is Smash Brothers, but for Cartoon Network. Um, I'm not... I don't know that one either. No, no, I didn't. And so you got, you know, you could play as Dexter fighting against the Powerpuff Girls, or um, I think Courage was on there. I think um, Gumball. You watched The Adventures of Gumball. That's a really good one as well. That's a bit yeah, more... Yeah, I have. Yeah, a bit, that, a bit, that a is bit good. later to Cartoon Cartoon. Yeah, yeah. like the revival. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Renaissance. He's, he's still around. Um, but but this game that we talked talk about today isn't available anywhere at all, perhaps unsurprisingly. There is a long play on YouTube mm. if anyone wants to, to have a look at it, though. So no. the final thing I wanted to talk about with Dexter's Lab was I mentioned in the first half we talked talk on a bit of a tangent about Space Ghost and, and hip-hop and stuff. So um, Dexter's Lab, interestingly, spawned a couple of albums. There was a CD. Uh, I had this CD. Um, it was one of the very first things I got off eBay when I got really into eBay um, in sort of 2001 and was buying lots and lots of cheap albums and retro games, well, games that were retro then sort of from on, on the Mega Drive and things like that. And I can't even remember anything about this album um, that I had, just I know it was the Airdex Lab album. And then there was a second one. This one I didn't have. The second one came out in 2002, and it was called Dexter's Lab, The Hip-Hop Experiment. And it was songs by hip-hop artists that were in, was inspired by Dexter's Lab. So you had people creating and singing uh, songs uh, about and inspired by Dexter's Lab. People like Della Soul, Prince Paul, who is a, a hip-hop producer who has gone on to have a very long and illustrious career. He produced uh, Pac-Man by Gorillaz, for example, one of my favourite songs. Uh, Will I Am and Coolio um, uh, all contributed so- songs to this album. Now, 
when, yeah. when, I, when I first heard this, I thought, oh, okay, I thought it'd be fairly unknown artists or something, but you know, some people with genuine chops um, making song, yeah. making songs based on Dexter's Lab. Just a- as a crossover, that just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. Not not much to add to that, really. I It's surprising to me, too. Yep. So um, there you go. That, that seems like a good story to finish on. The hip-hop experiment. Go, uh, go check it out, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I don't well, check out the game, though. The, oh. the album's probably better. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a it's a good sixty five. I think that's a, a good a good score. Okay, well thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed, remember to join us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and like, share, subscribe, rate and review, please. Yes, please. Thank you for listening, especially to this episode. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Come on. Bye.